pray before we get started, and we will jump into things. God, we come to you this morning and just lift you up and praise you for what this week has already been, the things that you have been speaking, and uh, the chains that you've been breaking and healing, and uh, we just know that it's just the beginning for so so many people, and that you're just going to continue with the things that you're starting here once we go back to our universities, and so I pray for your blessing over every one of these students, that as they sit through these breakouts over the next couple of hours, that they would walk away with rich truth from your word of who you are, and that they would begin to walk it out in a very practical way in their lives. And so, would you just meet us here and speak this morning profoundly to our souls, and uh, we just receive it, Lord, and surrender any distractions, any hesitations, any selfishness or preferences, Lord, and we just receive what you have for us this morning. Amen. Amen. Alright, amen. There are a couple more seats up here, guys, if you want to come and you know, cuddle with your friend. Kyle family, right? Alright, so last night was late night. Who was raise your hand if you were up later than two AM? Alright, keep your hands raised. If you were up later than three AM. If you were up later than four AM. 5 a.m.? Here we go. Girl! Oh no, she's got my first movie. I thought she was up late last night. Alright, well, I'm gonna go and get started. We have a lot to cover this morning, and I did that to try to trial run, see how you guys do following instructions, responding. I'm kind of interactive. I like to hear from you guys. There are a lot of you, though, and there's one of me. So, going to do some hand raising, there's gonna be some interaction. But just gonna start off by saying welcome. Thank you for getting out of bed. You know, 9 30 a.m., good job for you. My name is Neely, and I serve at Austin Houston State University. So we are north of Nashville. Yeah! So, uh, just a little fun fact about our university. Our cheer is "Let's Go Pete." That's real. So on all of our banners, it gets worse. It gets worse. All the way down our university avenue, it says "Pete Pride." Feel it, share it, and that's it. That's what they do, and they play on the words. It's very fun. Nobody understands it, but we all embrace it, and that is our school spirit. So we are Austin Pete. Let's go, Pete. I have been on staff there for about seven years, and I was a student of a pioneer group 11 years ago. So 2012, wherever you guys were in that year, we were getting started with Pi Alpha. I was learning about this guy named Jesus, and he changed my life dramatically through discipleship, through Pi Alpha, and then I loved it so much I never left. And so if you're wondering about what your future holds, I mean, I'm not saying you've got Pi Alpha in your future, but you might have Pi Alpha in your future. And so I've been here for a minute and have come to love, this is, I was talking to Mario, this is like maybe my tip salt or something like that, and it's just, it never gets old. It's always this much fun, it's always this much family, it's always this much staying up too late, and uh, I just know that God has some really rich things to speak to you today through your different breakouts. And so I want to start off by hearing from a couple of you that would be brave to raise your hand, and we'll do it that way. If I ask you a question, raise your hand first. And um, to share, why did you? Why are you here? Why are you in this social media breakout? Maybe in just a couple words. Anybody willing to share why you are here? Yeah. God had been calling me to do a 40-day social media fast at the beginning of this year, so I like doing my social media, and like when I get back on it, I want to use it for like God's glory, not my own. Awesome. She said that God has called her to do a 40-day social media fast, and when she comes back onto it which she's going to, that she wants to be healthy. And so that's awesome. Yeah. Social media is a very big part of my major, and so I want to learn how to use that, like, for him rather than myself, like, in my career. So good. So good. She was saying it's a big part of her career, part of her life, which that's so relatable, right? Social media is not going anywhere, and she wants to be able to handle it in a healthy way. Maybe one more. Why are you here? Yeah. Yeah. I use social media way too much. I Okay. Just wanting to grow. Just wanting to use it the way you're supposed to use it. And so, awesome. So you guys are all here for a lot of different reasons. And um, I'll get to that. But the reason that I'm here, standing before you, actually is a series of very random events. So I started off as a student. I've always had social media since it was, a, you know, came to, I think I was a freshman in college when Instagram was becoming a thing. My very first Instagram post ever, I remember it, it was Chick-fil-A. First time I ever had Chick-fil-A, I came from a really small town, and I finally had Chick-fil-A, and I was like, this is it. This is the post 
that I will use to launch myself into the social media atmosphere. And so that's what I did. I posted about Chick-fil-A, and I had one of those really old filters on it. You guys know the ones I love to And so I um, loved those filters. So I posted on social media. I had it. I halfway through college, I got somehow connected through a couple different social media platforms. I was just taking a lot of photos. I was doing some fun stuff. I started working for Eno, so Eagle's Nest Outfitters. And honestly, I've had eras of social media. So my first era was my travel blogger era. Whenever I started social media, this was my travel blogger era. So this was the summer I literally worked for travel, and I worked and I did social media, worked for social media, and did blogging for that payment company, and I just thought I was coolest. So I was like, this is amazing. Chick-fil-A is where I started, but this is where I'm headed. So I had my travel blogger era. And so I did that enough that it started to gain a little bit of momentum, and then somehow I ended up doing some social media accounts for ministry. I started to feel like, wait, our Chi Alpha, like, we don't have a Chick-fil-A post yet. Like, we don't have anything to draw students in, and students are on social media. I think we should do social media. So start running a social media account, and then somehow somebody's like, hey, you seem like you know what you're doing. Did not know what I was doing at all, you know, still just w winging it, honestly, to this day. And so they said... All right, so what about running social media for SALT, which was like the big league. It's like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. People love the SALT social media. We can take it to the next level. So I started running the SALT social media, still winging it, still trying to figure things out. And then somehow, I kept moving on. Just keep, people kept saying, okay, what about this, what about that? And then before I knew it, I was working with the national team at Kayama. And I remember when I arrived, so this was, a, this was my social media marketing my management era, this was a team that I worked with at the national office, and I remember arriving there. This was about two weeks before COVID shut the world down. Arriving there to start planning social media for National Pi Alpha, specifically for the World Mission Summit. And I was there, and I was like, do they know that I have no idea what I'm doing? <laughs> Can they tell? Will they go back and see the Chick-fil-A post and know that that's just who I am? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. But I just started to, just I kept going with it, and I kept going with it, and God began to teach me through it that social media was not just a hobby, it was not just a, a connection for my friends, it was a ministry tool. And so I spent some time doing social media management, all those different levels, somehow got to the point of teaching other people on universities how to do social media, helping different organizations work through how to launch their social media accounts. So all that to say that my eras have been, it's just like one step at a time. And so that's why I'm here. I'm here because I started off with something that seemed kind of interesting, and I got swept up in just the culture of social media, and then somehow I arrived at something that has become quite a passion of my life. And so I did forget to mention, I'm going to expose myself on this one, okay? I had my TikTok era, all right? I know you guys have TikTok. I fought it a long time, and I was like, you know what? I will get TikTok. So then I had my TikTok era, and then you can see how just serious I am on my TikTok. And so we all have our eras, and uh, that was my TikTok era. And so I had lots of different social media experiences, and as time passed, um, I not only was I growing in my personal social media account, I was starting to work through what it needed to look like for me, I was also seeing how it needed to work for other people, and this lesson began to develop a couple of years ago. I'm okay, so we're Christians, and we're supposed to be set apart from the world, but social media feels a lot like the world, but social media is not going anywhere, no matter how many times I fast it or tell people to get off of it, like social media is here to stay. And so I started to develop this idea of, okay, what does it look like to have health in social media? Full disclosure, my new era of social media is that I'm in my, uh, it de like deleted from my phone era. So the full disclosure is that I currently am not on social media. But I wanted to share all these eras to share with you and connect with you that I do still have a passion for it, and I do still cherish it, and I do still feel like it is so valuable. And so I'm not going to finish this conversation telling you to delete it. I promised Patrick I wouldn't. I thought about it. But I'm not going to tell you that you should delete your social media because it's not going anywhere. And honestly, if we want to be in the world representing Jesus, that's kind of where we need to be too. But we need to be able to do it in a healthy way. And so... Uh, that's what we're going to be talking about, is how the kingdom fits into social media. How can we represent Christ in a place that is really not representing Christ at all? How do we stand apart in that? And so if you are not a person who has social media, raise your hands. Is there anyone here in here that does not have social media? Wow, represent. we got a couple. Me, me too. Me too. Okay, so if you don't have social media or you think that you're moving out of social media, this is still a conversation for you because you are called to make disciples 
And 9.9 .9 out of 10 of the people you're going to disciple are going to be on social media. So even if you don't care about this, the people that you disciple will care about this. And so just take notes in that way. If it's not for you, it's maybe for people that you disciple or for both. All right, so we're going to do a little raise of hand thing again. So raise your hand if you have a social media account of any kind. All right, there's the rest of you. Keep your hand raised if you have more than one social media account. Keep your hand raised if you have more than one account on each platform. A couple of you. I have a cat account on my Instagram too, you know. So we just gotta represent different accounts. Alright, so you can put your hands down. So we that's it's here to stay. Social media is a huge part of our life. That was 9.9% of this room. I don't do math, that's not real, don't check it. Okay. Now raise your hand and keep it raised if social media has ever been the cause like a cause of connection for you. That social media has helped you to connect. Okay? Keep your hand raised if it's ever been the cause of making you friends. You make friends on social media. What about learning something new? I'm telling you, TikTok knowledge is real. I swear, I can know these things. Okay. Um, all right, keep your hands raised. What if social media has been a, the cause of insecurity in your life? Do more hands. Keep your hands raised if it has been the cause of jealousy. What about offense? All right, you can put your hands down. So this isn't a conversation that's going to guilt trip anybody. It's not going to be to call you out. But I'm going to, uh, but as we grow and our world changes, the landscapes that we are working through in our relationships, it's changing too. And if we don't adapt to it, if we don't adapt to the landscapes, then and we don't do it together, like we're doing in this room, talking about it, working through it together, then you will be doing it alone. So you will be navigating the new landscape of social media and, and how to be healthy and it's offensive and it's hurtful but it also connects me to people and then you're going to be doing it all alone. And we were not designed to do anything alone. And while we try to act like it's not a big deal, which has been most of my time, it's not a big deal. Social media is not a big deal. It, doesn't, it has nothing to do with my life. It has nothing to do with my discipleship. Meanwhile, on average, and I would say this is a very conservative on average, the Gen Z generation, which I'm guessing is most of you, spend an average of four hours a day on social media. Doesn't sound that bad, right? I bet some of you in this room, not to call out, <laughs> probably have more like six to eight hours on average in your weekly report on your social media, but on average, four hours a day. It doesn't sound that bad, but that is 17,472 hours a year. That's the equivalent of a part-time job. That's how much time Gen Z is spending on social media. And that's just the reality. There's a lot to see, there's a lot to do, but you can't treat it like it doesn't have anything to do with our lives. Because the reality, it does have something to do with our lives. So it's essential that we treat it with this platform with the same priority as the world, but for the kingdom. So the world prioritizes social media, they sell your information for it, they have these companies that are making billions of dollars for it. The world values social media. And so we need to value social media before the kingdom. So, have, who's been on a mission trip? Good. If you haven't gone on one, shameless plug, you should go on one. So on a mission trip, and this is a question I'd love to hear from maybe one or two of you. So you have a director, you have a director, and your director is planning this mission trip, which you probably have never even thought about. You're going like, what? Wow, I didn't even think about that part of it. Let's pretend that you're thinking about it for a second. They're planning this mission trip. What are some of the first steps a director has to take in planning a mission trip? Any thoughts? Go ahead and raise your hand. Yeah. Okay, so figure out where you're going. Other first steps. Yeah. What you're going to do. Okay, so a budget. Like a food plan, like where you're eating. Okay, food things. Way in back. Okay, so letting people know, getting people interested. I saw another hand. Okay, the day. Another really big thing, so all these are part of the planning mission trip. Another big, really honestly the biggest part about planning mission trip is that they find a need. Right? You have to envision something. You have to, sometimes God gives some direction or, you know, they'll pray about it and they'll come across something. But it starts with taking an inventory of places and people and what's happening in the world and what's happening in their region. And, and in these places, they're trying to take inventory of what's happening so that they can determine the health, the possibility, the need of going to that place. Um, so that they can make some make a plan to go, right? That's one of the first things they do. And then they figure out the budget.
budget, and then they figure out the meals, and then they figure out who's going, and all of those things. So it starts with finding a need. And something I found is that if we are to treat our social media with value, we're going to treat it like kingdom-minded people, which is what playing a mission trip is. That's kingdom-minded. We're going and sharing the gospel. If we're going to treat social media in a kingdom mindset, sort of like missions, then we do this by taking an internal and external audit. I'm going to break all of that down, but what you were just describing, what I was describing about planning this trip, that's an audit. They're, they're looking out into the world, and they're evaluating what needs are there, and what do we have in us to offer. So that's a little bit of an audit. And so this is where we start in evaluating the health of our social media. And so we carry the kingdom everywhere we go, and as we are doing that, we have an internal audit and an external audit. And if we're carrying the kingdom everywhere we go, which you guys are doing this all the time, on your universities, with your families, and we say that a lot, like, man, take, take Jesus with you in your classrooms. Take Jesus with you to your families over Christmas break. But we don't think about the fact that we're also taking Jesus with us in a new context. So our context has changed, but the truth has not, that we are carrying Christ with us everywhere we go, including the digital landscape of social media. You are no less a child of and representative of Christ online. You're no less that than you are a representative of Christ when you're on the mission field with your university this summer. So, you know, when we're on a mission trip, we are so tuned in and we're listening to the Holy Spirit and we want to we want to love people like Jesus and we want to, you know, die to our selfishness and our preferences. <clears throat> that does, if God doesn't fit in a box and our relationship with him doesn't fit in a box. So we are no less a child of God on the social media accounts than we are whenever we're out in the field or at your large group worship or your small group. It's all the same. I'm trying to say that it's not, but it is. So then the question is, what is oozing out of you? So an internal audit is, okay, internally, what is oozing out of you? In life, you know, the language we use, the places we spend our time, the things we talk about when no one's paying attention or no one in our Christian circles paying attention, what is oozing out of you? But then also on social media, the things that we repost, I don't know if you guys know this, I'm going to burst a few bubbles, but I'm committed. All right, so um, the, the things that we repost, the comments that we leave, the things that we like, the posts that we share, the people that we follow, they are not anonymous. They're not anonymous. Some you have private accounts and all this stuff, but the things that you like, the things that you repost, the things that you follow, the people that you follow, on all accounts, none of that's anonymous. It all has an impact, and the only thing, the only thing that sets us apart from the world on social media is the filter that we run our love through. So there's a filter that we have that people in the world using social media they don't have, and it's a filter of love. The world does not filter their voice or opinions for the sake of love. I'm sure all of you can say amen to that because you're on social media and you see the things that people post. The world posts what it wants, when it wants, how it wants, for the agenda it wants. That's what the world does, period. But as believers, we have the calling over our lives to be set apart in a different way. And this isn't new to you guys, but whenever we start to shift our mindset to our social media, I feel like Jesus, if, it's, if you're going to be anything like me, he starts to get into our business a little bit. It's like, oh my gosh, okay, so so I have to think about love on social media? That's so fun. But as believers, that is a calling over our lives to be set apart. We love differently because the source of our love is Christ. <clears throat> And so, do we love people enough to filter things that we watch, post, and reshare online? Do we love people that we don't know enough to filter ourselves in those ways? I found that, especially, you know, a couple of years ago, COVID, and there was just so many things that were so heated, and it just felt so essential to have some sort of statement and some sort of um, opinion on things. And I was halfway through that season before I realized that I was only considering what people thought of me or opinions or how I would make somebody feel and not about the love of Jesus through those moments. And so that's where we have to come back to all the time. And so check this out. 1 Corinthians 2, 14 through 17. I'm going to read off the screen so I don't actually read the different So, but thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. I'm going to come back to that. The aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ and among those who are being saved and those who are perishing, to the one we are an aroma that brings death, to the other an aroma that brings life. And who is equal to such a task? 
Unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, in Christ we speak before God with sincerity and those sent from God. So Paul is speaking to the church and he's doing a lot of housekeeping and he's doing a lot of cleaning, but this passage is essential in the way that we walk out our lives on social media because what is oozing out of you? What aroma, metaphorically, obviously, uh, what aroma are you leaving behind on your social media accounts? In the things that you like, people can see, you know, Instagram especially does this thing and TikTok where it will elevate who liked posts if you know them. So if you have a connection and you think that you liked this thing or you reshared this thing so anonymously, people that know you will see that. What aroma are you leaving in the things that you are clicking on social media accounts that feel so anonymous? What is oozing out of you? So that's the first part of the audit. That's the internal audit. The step two is the external audit. What is pouring out of you? Oh no, what's pouring into you? What is using out and what is pouring in? <clears throat> the people we follow and the things that we watch have an impact on us. And you guys probably know that. Like you know, you know if you have those friends that you hang out with and then before you know it, you say the same things. Like the same things. And there are some friends of mine that they always said, we ride. And so now I can also, we ride everywhere we go. And that's why I hear my friends say that. I'm like, you got that from me and I got that from theirs. We just become the people that we surround ourselves with. And the people that we follow and the things that we watch have an impact on us. Here's something that's kind of changed my life. Actually, it's really changed my life. It's the idea that what you are watering when no one is watching. Like what, what are you watering? And let me say it this way. Watering of something can be done in private but the growth of that thing will happen in the public. So what you do that will feel so invisible, what you're watering online, it will be visible through your life because of what you're pouring into your life. Okay, so, and I'm pretty sure, I mean, I'm pretty sure none of us are going out to strip club, right? We're, we're doing pretty good. Like, we're not going out there, we're not going to hate speed riot, we're not trying to harass people. Like, we are trying to live our lives for Jesus, but can the same thing be said of what we're taking in through our eyes digitally? That's really hard. What about how, how we speak to people from the safety of our bed through a screen? What are we watering? What are we watering in such a private space that will be grown and made public through our lives? What is pouring into you? In this day and age, we are consuming more information than we were ever designed to take in. Ever. We were never designed to be intaking so much news and stories and faces and all sorts of things in the, the, the length of time that we take it in. When you sit on TikTok, you have five minutes and you've seen, what, 20 different faces and you've heard five different stories and you've heard a bunch of truths or are they truths or are they? We're taking in so much information and it is short-circuiting our system. We don't even know what's true anymore. I was watching this video a couple months ago about this girl who believed the earth was flat. If you're in that world, I'm going to offend you because I do not agree that the earth is flat. I'm in biology by degree. And so she was, she was talking and it was like a three minute long TikTok and she was just passionately talking about how flat the world was. By the end, I wondered myself, you know, she said it so passionately. She was so articulate. She was so, you know, she was speaking with, it just felt like so many facts. By the end, I said, is it flat? You know, I know it's not. But what we consume on the internet, we're not made to consume the things that we do. And it's no wonder that it is short-circuiting us. And so we desperately need boundaries on the things that take our time. And there are a couple things that I'm going to get down to some really practical things a little bit um, later. But a few things just kind of that get us started is having confession, having accountability, teachability. Basically, all these things are welcoming people into your life to help you figure out, do you need boundaries? Do you need, you know, we live our lives out, and it's important for us to confess things that we're indulging in our life and our sin, you know, day to day. But what about social media? We need to be able to confess those things. And then we need to be able to pass things through scripture. So, you know, there's nothing in scripture that I could read that disputes that girl's idea about the black earth. But there's so many things on social media that we take as we watch it through eyes that we're never made to see. Things, so many things. We take these things in, and we just accept it as truth. That doesn't, what about scripture? What does scripture say about it? So we need to learn to pass it through scripture. And so here is also something that is we have to understand this, is that 
and nobody, except for maybe your small group leader, especially if they're new and they're like really eager to do their job, and nobody gonna be looking over your shoulder demanding that you read scripture. Yeah. But ain't nobody going to come along and carry the anxiety and the depression and the anger or the lust or the other sins that you carry when you don't fill your life with scripture. So nobody's going to be telling you to absolutely do this thing. Get into the word. Spend time with Jesus. Understand what's true. But then on the other side, nobody's going to be saving you from what comes without the scripture. Nobody can come along and carry your anxiety and your depression. They can walk alongside you as you're experiencing it, but nobody can carry that for you. And those are the types of things that come whenever we're our, well, our system is short-circuiting and we're taking in things we weren't meant to take in. It's no wonder that anxiety and depression and all these things are skyrocketing. It's because we're taking in things that God never designed for us to fill our soul with. It has to be scripture. And social media does not level us out. You know, we have this default where we're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get on social media and just bed out. It doesn't level out our emotions. It doesn't level out our truth. But being in the Word of God does. And so getting into the Word of God. And let me show you why it matters. So first or second Peter 1, 3 through 10 is where we're going to be for a few minutes. I'll have it up on the screen, but you might want to write some notes on the scripture because any good that God knows what's true for us, and he puts in the word for us to go find, and then and then we go to talk and sit. Anyways, I digress. Um, okay, so second Peter 1, 3 through 10. I'm gonna start with 3 through 5. So his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them he may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. He's setting something up that's really amazing, but I want to move to the next part. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. I was reading the scripture, I don't know, half a year ago, a year ago, the first time that God really revealed what was happening here, and that I want to show it to you like it's stepping stones. Because I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, social media is not exactly a garden of love, right? Like, social media is not where we go and we find love, but it's calling us, the scripture is calling us towards some love. And as he's unfolding this scripture and all these different things are happening, he's talking about building on these things. We want to represent Jesus. We want to be more like Jesus. It says, and on your faith, add goodness. What was that? <laughs> oh, I thought it was a cat. Guys, I love cats. I thought it was a cat in this room. Okay, sorry. I'm usually not that distracted. <laughs> I was like, somebody brought a cat and you're about to be besties. <laughs> okay, so to your faith, add goodness. And then as we're building, you know, as you come to that faith in Jesus, you have a desire to walk in goodness. You want to be good. You want to walk away from the things that have been so bad. And, and so you start to build on your goodness. And then as you're growing in faith, you're starting to be a little bit more knowledgeable about what is scripture in. As you're pursuing knowledge, you start to, now you know, now you've got to walk it out with self-control, right? Which is where a lot of us get stuck in social media. And then as you're building your, your strength and self-control and you're saying no to things, you're saying yes to things that you say yes to, you start to gain some perseverance. And then you start to look a little bit more like Jesus. And then you start to, to grow with other people who also look like Jesus. And they love you and you love them. There's some affection. And we start, all of this builds us towards love. And... <clears throat> And the world will never tell you that these are the things that lead to love, or that these are the things that being connected to, to God is what leads to any of these things. The world will never tell you that, but the world also didn't die for you. So it, it doesn't have that for you. So then, what does it look like for us to make every effort to live in a manner worthy of our calling? Let me finish the scripture out. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we want, right? We want to grow closer to Jesus. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. And so what does it look like for us to live in a manner worthy of this calling, of this growth on social media? What stair step are you at? How are you doing in your faith in Jesus? Start there. If social media is hard, 
then go back to Jesus and get back connected to the vine and spend time with him and grow in your faith and grow in your community of faith. How's your godness, I mean goodness going? Are you saying yes to good things and no bad things? And how is your knowledge? Are you desiring to know more of scripture? How is your self-control? On and on and on. So we go back to these things. One after the other, dedicating our lives to these things one step at a time. And so now there's the question of what do I do with that information? First of all, I hope the Holy Spirit starts to work in you through it. All you need is that scripture. You actually don't need 12 steps from me. I'm going to give them to you because I want to give you handles to, you know, learn from me that I did the hard way. So, but I hope the Holy Spirit is starting to work things in you about what step you're on in social media. What do you need to start growing in? What needs to start developing in you so that, you know, having self-control to keep an app deleted or to stay away from a search bar or to do, stop following something you don't need to be following. Self-control is really hard to reach if you have not been building anything in faith, if you're not spending any time in the Word, if you're not persevering, you know, persevering comes after it. If you haven't figured out self-control in a simple moment, how can you do it in a hard moment? So getting back to this is the best thing you can do, but I'm going to give you a couple handles. So I have a couple warning labels for you. Uh, okay, this is I'm kind of giving you first steps of a little bit of an audit for yourself. So a warning label, here are some of them. The first is that if a core belief that you have or something you, is from something you saw online or a person that you follow, maybe reconsider, you know? If you saw it, I don't care how passionate they sounded or how smart they sounded or even if they were quoting scripture, if it came from online, maybe reconsider. If that's your standard, if that's where you get your information, the next one, if you cannot go a day without touching a media, see a social media platform, it might be a little addictive. Addiction is not just for drugs and alcohol. It's for things that we elevate above God and above our own health. And so if social media is something that you cannot stay away from, you can't go a day, you can't go an hour. Right now, some of you, you've checked your phone. You know, I do the same thing. You guys ever get that phantom vibe? Do you even have vibrated in my phone? Yeah. The phantom feeling of like, my phone just vibrated. But it didn't. Okay. Oh, no, it didn't. No, it didn't. So if we cannot stay away from our phones for your own health, it might be wise to, to consider it addictive. Share with somebody in your life, like, I can't get away from this. I think this is a big deal in my life, if I'm being honest. The next one, this one's really fun. I love my granny. So if you are following, watching, listening to something that you wouldn't want to show your granny, why is it worth keeping? I'm not talking about she won't get it. I'm talking about like the, you know, <laughs> granny, grandpa, family member. If there's something that you're watching, following, anything like that that isn't worth sharing to certain people in your life, is it worth watching at all? You'd like to justify it, but is it worth keeping? And then if social media is taking up hours and hours of your day, then it's worth reconsidering. It's kind of attached to that addiction, but really what this... The reason I added this was because we get consumed by social media and then we don't even realize it's happening. Like you look at your screen time and you're like, how did it, how did seven hours pass? How did I just spend one hour on TikTok? Like I can't, I just opened it. It was consuming hours of your day. You've got way more in your life than TikTok and social media and Facebook and Twitter. We're slow on Twitter. Um, and then the last one is if you're hiding something on it. What I mean by that is, you know, in all accounts, there's a way to block certain people or to block certain things, and if you feel the temptation to block anybody for any reason, except for maybe a surprise birthday party, <laughs> if you're blocking anyone for any reason, why? Why are you doing that? Is it a weapon now? Social media weapon? Is it leverage now? None of those things are the kingdom of God. And so reflecting and getting really harshly honest with yourself, am I hiding something from someone? And if so, why? Why am I hiding it? Or why am I elevating something for someone? Your worth is not on social media. Your worth is not in how many likes you get or who sees your story. Like your worth is not there. And so if that's what you're looking for, is it worth it? And so how then, so these are the warning labels. And this is something you have to go to Christ with. You go back to those stair steps. You go back to 2 Corinthians about the aroma. You go to Jesus and you just ask him to help you to understand and have the strength to, to identify these things in your life, just like any other sin, any other temptation that we have in our life. You need him to help us expose these in our heart, and we need to be teachable to let him start drawing and weeding those things out. And so I said earlier, social media is not a garden of love, and, and you can't pull something out of a garden where it doesn't grow, right? So if love is not in social media and other things are, 
that you got to get to eating and have Jesus start growing other things in your garden of your soul. And so how then, a lot of you are healthy in social media, and maybe you're discipling somebody or you're walking with somebody that uh, you're trying to figure out how to love people on social media. Maybe you have a really big following. I have well, weirdly a lot of followers on TikTok, and I really ta- I take that cautiously, and I want to know how to live with kingdom culture in mind whenever I'm doing that. So here are some ways that we can incorporate kingdom culture into our social media life. Okay, now I'm getting healthy. How do I love people like Jesus on social media? Some of these are going to be fun, some of them not so fun. So the first thing that has been really essential for me is to pray over your social media. That feels weird at first, let me tell you. Like praying over social media, that is the weirdest thing. You know, I thought that all Christians are supposed to delete their social media. Well, it's not going anywhere, so we might as well be like Christ on social media. And if we're going to pray over people we disciple, then we might as well be praying over our social media account. We have had people through our Kyopa come to know Jesus through connecting to the Kyopa Instagram and then connecting to us and then finding Jesus. So he will use things, but we've got to we've got to play our part. And part of that is praying over your social media and over your use, praying over how you want to use it, but then also praying over people that you're interacting with on there. Another thing is to choose a couple boundaries to have. A couple ideas would be the time you spend on it. iPhone, uh, if you know it gets bad when the phone companies start to see that there's a problem and they start to incorporate in the system software limitations. Anybody notice that with especially the new iPhone updates and things like that? It automatically sets you up to go to sleep at certain times. And that doesn't really benefit them, except when they know that the effects of social media and phone usage on humanity is not looking great. And so they started to implement that. But you can do that too. What time are you spending on it? Filters of who you follow. Can you get really honest and go through your followers and go through your following and delete people that do not need to be there? Can you be honest with yourself for that? Another thing is topics that you repost. Man, it's so easy to repost things that we know are going to just hit them where it hurts anonymously. But figuring out what boundaries you need to have for what you're reposting, what filters do you need to run it through? Maybe a trusted friend, and that brings to the next thing, which is accountability. You're not the only one who has social media. Every person, except for the one guy in the back, <laughs> MVP, um, all of you, like, we have social media, so pulling somebody in with you and saying, hey, I'm not deleting it, but I need some accountability for what I'm watching, what I'm liking, what I'm resharing. Fast it a couple times a year. One of the ladies up here is going to fast it. That is amazing, doing that. It is so hard at first. It's like withdrawals. I got rid of Instagram, which I've had for years. I love Instagram, and, well, all the platforms, but that one. It got me. I'm a millennial, you know what I mean? And so, um, and then my friends would have it on their phone beside me, and I'm like, you got a, you got, t- you got Instagram on that? Can I look at it? And it's, you know, it's so hard at first, but fasting it a couple times a year is so, so good for our soul. Another thing is to not open it, not open any app until you read the Bible, not to have your phone in your bedroom, you get a real alarm clock, they still make those. It's really satisfying. Wham! Hit that button. It's so nice. So get a real alarm clock. Don't have your phone in your room. Don't open a, a single app until you have had your time with Jesus. I keep my phone on airplane mode until I've spent time with Jesus. And that took effort. That took a lot of effort because I'm so popular. I want to talk to people first thing in the morning. No, no. That's my thought, but no. And then have a trusted friend. This is part of accountability, but have somebody help you audit specifically. Could you be vulnerable enough to let somebody look through your things? Maybe somebody who disciples you. Etc. Etc. So, all of these things. Just wanted to give you some handles, and but really, I want to leave lots of space for the Holy Spirit to speak through those scriptures. And if you get nothing else from this, I just want you to walk away with that: social media is not real life. So, water what is real life? The people on it are real. The truth that you can share is real. The social media is not real life. So, water what is, and ask the Holy Spirit to help guide you through that. So, I know that you guys, you know. I love Gen Z, and I love the next generation coming up, and I love and millennials, too. We just have a, it's a different story for us a little bit. But you guys are going to be world changers, and you have a new landscape of discipleship that is like, it's like a new planet of discipling on social media or representing Jesus on social media. But I believe that God is going to use you if you make yourself available to him to do that. And so I just threw a lot of information at you. I don't know if any of you would have any questions, but I did want to create a little bit of space in case you did have a question that maybe I didn't answer or something that stirred up in you. could do a couple questions before we wrap up. Um, so I just want to open that up now. It might take you a second to think of something. But any questions? Yeah. 
Yeah, for me personally, like I got rid of it. Yeah, so I tried to do the whole thing of like, I'll have it on my phone, but I won't get on it. But I swear my thumb does not talk to my brain. My thumb is like, oh no, I don't want to do that. And so I got to the point where I needed to delete it. And that was really hard because I justified it for a long time because I run multiple accounts that even ministry accounts, they're super valuable. But I just needed to get honest about myself that for my own health, I needed to be off of it. So I had to delete it. I'm not disciplined enough that I could have it on my phone. Now I am a little bit better. And like I have TikTok on my phone to, and I never get on it. But yeah, so I delete it personally. It's very valuable to that. Good question. You have another one? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so you, so get, I guess what I'm like battling with is like, is it worth like going through the whole cycle only for me to like delete it? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. So the idea of, okay, I'll delete it. I'll fast it for six months, a month, a week, something. Praise God. You know, like, I'm going to fast it, but then I'm going to get back on, and I'm going to snap right back into it. And the only thing that I could say is that in the months that you don't have access to it, you're building a foundation that gives you maturity to have access to it when you come back. The problem most people make is they delete it, they stay off of it, but they make no effort to grow in their social media and in their heart for it while they're away from social media. They just delete it and they're like, okay, one month from now, celebration, I'll re-download it, but they don't put in any time with Jesus asking him to work in their heart. And so if you're gonna delete it, do the whole thing. Delete it and spend time with Jesus. Have a journal specifically committed to how your soul is in like the health of social media. And um, you'd be surprised how you feel about even re-downloading it. So yeah, that would be my biggest recommendation. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So the one side of that is personally, if I'm seeing anything that that is even slightly related to Jesus and it's not through a platform that I've really worked through personally, like this is someone I trust or this is something, I just don't spend my time with it. I just move right past it. Um, if it stirs something up in me and I didn't swipe fast enough, then I just get in the Word and I try to figure out what's true because it, it does stir up things. And it does. It can be really easy to start being like, wait a second, is that how the Bible, was the Bible, there's a really big thing right now, for example, I ran into a freshman and she's like, oh yeah, I don't really believe in the Bible because it." It isn't true. They changed in the 70s. Like, girl, it was written in a different language, like a long time ago. Um, so there are things like that that uh, you just have to run it through scripture. As far as discipleship, I was really gracious with her because you have to know if they love Jesus or not. You know, if they don't love Jesus, then the, the standard that they're going to live up to is different anyways. And so through relationship, I took inventories when I heard her say that. And I thought, you know, we'll get there. <laughs> um, and then just kept meeting and kept connecting and then eventually had space to be able to speak to her like, hey, where did you hear that? And what makes that feel so true? And just through relationship, you can't exactly just like hit somebody with a Bible and be like, no, that's not real, because they don't care. So um, relationship is a big deal. And then back here. So um, I have a small business, and so when people say Yeah, for sure. I would say that most of the issues with social media, whenever you're talking about like businesses, the things that we're taking in. So if you have to have it, just unfollow every. You know, like just don't have, don't get on it to to intake anything. Just get on it to put push things out if it's business related, which great for you, small business. But um, and then also if you're at a place where you could delegate that to someone and you could teach them to do it, and you could even develop it on a computer and send it to them to post. That's a great next step that can be really hard because if you, you're creative and you want to be touching it, but it's worth your health if you can just delegate. <clears throat> yeah. Do you have any recommendations on how to interact with people that you see or hear or become possible? On social media? You guys have some of that? People that you see, even people you love where you're like, oh, that's so unfortunate. <laughs> 
If they are believers and they are people that I have relationship with, then I follow the I would follow the biblical model of going to them as a brother and confronting whatever it is, especially if it's a sin, you know, if they're doing something sinful, innately sinful, something that's just really not representing Jesus. And I know they're Christian, we have a relationship, it's worth the conversation. We hate those. But we're still called to do that. So that is one thing. If it's someone I don't know, it's hard because then first of all, you know, if it's a total stranger, I just don't follow them anymore because it's not I can't change them in that platform. So I just need to protect my own soul in that and I need to not follow them. So it's a little bit challenging. And then if it's somebody I know of and they're in my life but we're not super close, I might still try to have a conversation. What I do not do, and you must fight the urge, fight it with everything in you, is to respond online to things. Things get lost in translation through media. Like, man, you can have the greatest idea and like the biggest comeback and the, you know you can have scripture loaded and like respond, but through social media, through text, through digital means, you lose so much of your compassion and your empathy and your intention. And it's tempting to hide behind social media to say whatever the heck you want without retribution. So uh, what I, you know, there are a lot of things you could do, but what you absolutely cannot do is to respond online, no matter how hard it is. And so, yeah. So just not pressing this that one thing that I do is I have like friends or just people I know are like becoming toxic or I don't have to say close, but I want to unfollow them before that topic is big, like hurrah. I just like use their stories or their posts, I'm not seeing it. I don't want to just like influence Oh yeah, I did that one time. I was new to TikTok and I didn't realize that as friends you had to be active friends to be able to message each other. I had a really good friend that was sharing really hard things and so I unfollowed them because I was like, I can't do this. Like I just can't. And then they messaged me like, Did you just unfollow me? I said, No, but what how did you know that? And so I had to have that honest conversation of yeah, I did. I did unfollow you because I can't see these things. And I know that we messaged and, and that we had that conversation in person whenever I saw them again. And they were surprisingly so understanding. They were like, man, I didn't think about that. But yeah, I'll, I'll text you videos now, you know, because we couldn't see them anymore. And, um, and so sometimes you do have to have hard conversations and just be, I'm so sorry. I just can't see it anymore. Like we have different convictions. We have different thoughts. And uh, it doesn't mean we love you less, but I just can't consume that. You know, it, it's not good for me. And so sometimes that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for us. So much you've put into us. It's been quite informative. So um, just a little question. Uh, I have like a, a professional. We have some professional social media uh, platforms, such as LinkedIn, for example. And I also have some others. Uh, ones like on Instagram and Facebook. So my question is, to what extent do you advise? Because on my uh, professional uh, social media, like uh, LinkedIn, I hardly see people posting things about God. It's always more of uh, the professionalism, like work or academic. So what would you advise? Because I always dedicate some other social media, like Instagram, or maybe messaging things of God, and I kept... My, I keep keeping my uh, LinkedIn account professional. So, what would you advise if uh, do I need to switch or kind of had some awkward conversation about God in a, a uh, in, in a professional right. LinkedIn? I just need your advice. So he's asking about uh, you know there are other more professional accounts like LinkedIn things like that that you're. You're on there specifically to promote yourself in a professional way, and he's asking, okay, so I have these other social media accounts, I'm committed to sharing Jesus on those, but like, how do I do it professionally? I would say treating it, that is a bit of a hard one, because it's sort of like, how does a white-collar professional represent Jesus in a workplace where they're not allowed to talk about Christ, or you're a teacher and you're not allowed to represent your religion, or whatever, you have to treat it with a little bit of... You have to honor what that system is. You have to honor, you know, you can live out your life just by, uh, you're just different. You know, we're different as Christians. You don't have to be always explicitly sharing Jesus in a very, very obvious way. And so something professional like that is you just have to almost throw, throw it through that same filter. Like, okay, professionally, how do I honor what this is? Um, but just being Christian. And another thing I was going to mention in deleting social media accounts is that deleting the account is honestly treating a symptom 
So let me clarify, if you walk away from this and you're like, I am moved and I will delete everything. Um, in doing that, sometimes I find myself scrolling through Venmo just to see what people are up to, you know? Like, I'm just like, I have no other social media accounts. Pinterest is not doing it for me. I'm gonna go to Venmo. And like, wow, what are they doing? This is fun. So what that indicates to me, this is what is important, is that that is a heart issue and not just a platform issue. Like that is, what am I What am I looking for? Like it's, deleting the accounts is a short-term like cushion to give you time to do the hard work to get to the nitty gritty of what is going on internally that you're wanting to consume. So um, if you deleted everything and you still are just like, let me read through my messages again, you know, like if you, that's a heart issue. So if you're thinking about deleting, consider that. Do the hard work while you have it deleted or it's going to be a waste of your time. Uh, not a waste, but kind of a waste. So uh, maybe one more question. Yeah. Um, so, what do you think, as Christians, that we do really well on social media, and then, like, what area that we think that we work on? Oh, no. <laughs> she asked, as Christians, what do I think we do really well on social media, and what do we work on? <laughs> That's the hard one, um, because I feel like, just because of where I am in my own personal walk right now, that everything's deleted, there's a reason for that. You know, so like I I think that we are lazy and we could do a lot better in everything I've talked about in treating social media like it's the kingdom and not like it's an escape from the kingdom. And I just think that that's an issue in the Christian world. What I think we do decent on <laughs> is sometimes sharing Scripture? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, there are good things. You know, I, I really did. Whenever I was on social media more consistently, and I will be in the future, I really did have a passion for sharing what was real, what was raw. I feel like we could do more of that too. Just like not just the perfect cut stuff. People who are far from God need to know that it is always perfect, and Christians are not just boring and perfect and whatever. That it's real, and what God is doing in us is like life altering, and not just some cutesy post from something that we did or whatever. So. Um, and she did ask another question, so another one, because I know you asked a couple, which I appreciate. You can come back anytime. Mm-hmm. Any other questions? I feel like, oh yeah, all the way in the back. Um, how do you reveal that people are not Yeah, so how do you treat people as people and not just a post? Um, first of all, if there are people that I have in my life, I try not to interact with their social media, but I will, whenever I see them again, I try to like, talk, you know, like, oh man, I saw that, that post, and I try to bring it to reality, you know, like, I don't want to just live in this fake world forever, I want to talk about whatever, and you know what's so crazy is I had, a, like, a friend, and she was living in New York for a summer, and I saw her later on, I was like, that looked amazing, like, you were sailing, all this stuff, she said, girl, I cried more than I've ever cried in my life, I said, if I hadn't talked to you, you know, I never would have known that, so treating people like people is by bringing what is, like, fake world social media into reality, and, um, and so things like that, I, yeah, it's kind of hard, I think, because it is digital, like, whatever. So, all right. I really loved that. That was fun. You guys have good questions. Thank you.